if you'll uh, uh, remember and and. Praise the Lord, if you uh, haven't checked out already, uh, last week's morning and afternoon services were both able to be recorded and put on the website, amen? And so we're, 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 keep, we're continually trying, so that way, because I know sometimes, especially during the winter, we have uh, church family now that live in Florida some during the winter, and they'd love to listen in, and we have some that are sick. We have a couple that are out sick this morning that I know would love to be a part, and so we're trying to make that available, uh, uh, so that way when people aren't able or when you're not able to be here, uh, you could go back and catch up and keep on track because this year with our theme of life and godliness, all the sermons should, unless the Lord changes direction for us, uh, all the sermons should kind of build on one another. You're in Hebrews chapter 11. Turn with me to 2 Peter. I want us to look at our theme, if you will, 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm not going to re-preach last week's sermon because it took me three services to preach it to begin with. Amen? Uh, but I want us to see our theme together. Second uh, Peter 1 and verse 3, and as it's printed partially here on our banners, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And last week, we looked at those all things, the deep things of God. And you know what the Bible tells us here? that as Christians, God has given us everything that we need to live a life that is godly for Him. God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And so we praise the Lord for that. And so as we went through verses 3 and 4, and then we got to verse 5, beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith. Now, when does faith enter in to the life of a person? At salvation. Amen? That's when faith begins. And so it's talking about after salvation, there are some things we need to add. And uh, uh, we talked about how last year at our youth conference, Brother Pastor Adam Pierce preached a wonderful message and summarized these verses for us. And this theme has been on my heart uh, since then that we need to learn, if we want to live a life that is pleasing to God, to add these things. Now you say, now if I don't add these things, will I lose my salvation? No. That's the wonderful thing about salvation. You can't lose it. It's not, you, you didn't earn it. Amen. It was given to you. You did nothing for it. God gave it to you freely through the gift of salvation. He, he, he's not an Indian giver. Amen. He doesn't take it back. Amen. Salvation is free and it's eternal. We've looked at that. We've talked about that. But the Bible does say that we need to add some things to our faith. Why? So that we can grow. Look at verse 9, 2 Peter chapter 1. He that lacketh these things, what things? All the things we're encouraged to add onto our faith, not for salvation, but so that we can grow in Christ because we don't want to be spiritual babes in Christ. Amen? He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath, what's that word? Say that out loud together. Forgotten that he was what? Purged from his old sins. Now question, does that say that he lost his salvation or that he went back to his old sins? No. It says that the person that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. What is that referring to? To that understanding that comes from knowing Christ and growing in His Word, that spiritual discernment. Have you ever heard a preacher preach and maybe someone talk about the Word of God and you've had this thought to yourself, man, I wish I could understand the Bible like that person. 
Well, you can. Amen? This is of no private interpretation. If you have the Spirit of God residing in you, all you have to do is seek it out and God will reveal it to you. Amen? The reason we lack spiritual discernment is because we're blind and can't see it far off because we're not adding to our faith. We're not adding to our faith. And those that are blind and can't see afar off, the Bible says if we're not adding to our faith, he's forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. I remember being a teenager, I remember doubting my salvation. About 15, 16. I got saved when I was 8 years old. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that, I, that God saved me. Amen? There's no doubt in my mind. But I remember 14, 15, 16 years old, I started to doubt my salvation. Why do people doubt their salvation? Because they're not adding to their faith. They've got their fire escape. And that's it. That's why you have so many revivals and so many Bible conferences and so many tent meetings where you see the same person get saved every other year because they're not adding to their faith. Amen? It's important that we understand the concept of spiritual growth and biblical growth. And so we're starting with the foundation this month. Amen? And that foundation is faith. And so this morning, back to Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at an introduction to faith, our intro to faith. Amen? I'm working on my master's degree. I have, Lord willing, a year left, and I will be completed. And all of them that have to do with anything in school, their intro to something, 101, 102, 501, all those things. This is intro to faith, 101. Amen? That's what we're doing this morning. So there'll be a test in two weeks. I need a research paper, 5,000 words. No, I'm just kidding. Amen? Our introduction to faith. And what better place to look to start off our month-long look at this faith than the faith chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. Let's stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's read it again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before You this morning and we're so grateful for the opportunity just to sing Your praises. We're grateful that Your Word has taught us about faith. And it has taught us that it's through faith that we can understand who You are and what You did for us. We're so grateful for the biblical discernment that we can have and that it's not reserved for only those that hold a Bible degree or those that have spent a long time and invested a lot of money to get a doctorate in some Bible philosophy class. But Lord, anybody can know Your book and You've made it freely available to all. We're so grateful for that. Lord, we pray now as we come into Your presence and as we gather together and study Your Word together, as we've sung Your praises, Lord, we pray now that everything that's been said and done to this point has brought You honor and glory and not self. But now we pray that You would open our hearts and minds to receive what's being preached, what's being taught. Help me not to preach my opinion. Help me just to be faithful to preach Your Word. Lord, I pray that You would help us to grow this year. Every person under the sound of my voice this morning, anyone that listens in on the internet, anyone that maybe stops by and visits throughout the year, Lord, we pray, and my prayer as a pastor, is that if they're not saved, that they would come to know You as their Savior. And second, if they are saved, to see the importance of spiritual growth. Lord, we need to understand that You did not just save us and leave us to wander aimlessly through life. But You've given us the guidance that we need through Your Holy Spirit, through Your Word. Lord, we thank You for that. We thank You for sending Your Son to die on the cross. We thank You that He was buried and He rose again on the third day according to the Scripture. 
Be with us now as we preach. Be with us now as we study. Remove all distractions. Help us to honor and serve you. It's in Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Verse 1 again, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, whenever we do a Bible study on a word or a principle or a concept, you know me, I like to go through and to break it down. That's why this is our introduction to faith. And Lord willing, we will be looking at this introduction this morning, tonight, and possibly Wednesday night. It just depends. I, I probably have enough sermon notes to where if I really wanted to you know, let you out early tonight for the Super Bowl, we probably uh, could even break this into five or six messages. Amen? But uh, I'm not a sports fan, so I really could care less. I, I hope you're okay with that. You'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock, and uh, after church you go and catch up. Amen? DVR it, whatever you got to do. I like to watch the Super Bowl just because I get to have that excuse to eat a bunch of snacks. Amen? We went to Walmart yesterday, got Rotel Cups and uh, uh, ch Buffalo Chicken Dip and all the... Boy, it's almost lunch. I'm making myself hungry. Amen? Alright, we need we need to move forward. We gotta Getting distracted, alright? But I want us to break this down, and I want us to understand something that I thought was interesting. The word faith, in that instance, like we're talking about faith, not faithfulness, but faith in and of itself, is mentioned several hundred times in your Bible. But it's only mentioned two times in the Old Testament. Only two times in the Old Testament. And before we break down this definition of faith in chapter 11, I want us to look at the first instance in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I want us to see this first reference to faith. I find it interesting that in the Old Testament, faith is only mentioned twice, and once positive and once negative. The first time we see this word faith mentioned in your King James Bible, we find it here in Deuteronomy chapter 32, and it is in a negative light. You say faith is a negative thing? No. We see that it's used negatively against a particular people group. Deuteronomy chapter 32, as you're turning there, is often called Moses' song. It's referencing the song that Moses gave to the children of Israel that would be a warning for them. It would be a warning for them. As you read it, it's very prophetic in nature. This is given just prior to Moses being led to see the promised land and then his life to be taken because of his disobedience to God. And the fact that God told him to smite the rock that was to bring forth water and then to speak for it, speak to it rather, which would give the example to Israel of what would happen because that rock was supposed to be a type of Jesus Christ. He was crucified, smitten once. After that, we speak to him. We ask, we pray, we talk. That was the picture that was to be given Instead, in Moses' anger, he smote the rock twice. And because of this, Moses was not able to enter into the promised land. They say, now that's very extreme. I believe it gives us a principle not to mess with God's Word. Amen? Because the Word of God is very specific. And those pictures and those types that God gives are specific because that rock was to typify Christ Jesus. And Paul would reference that rock in Romans. Paul would reference that rock in a couple of other passages as well. But what did he have to do? He had to explain that Moses messed up the type. Amen? 
That's why this Bible is so important. We need to make sure that we're studying it, that we're learning from it, that we're understanding it. Moses, just prior to the children of Israel getting ready to go into battle for the promised land, led by Joshua in the next book, we see this song that would be a song of remembrance, but one that is prophetic and one that is a warning. Look at verse 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech will distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. So what is Moses telling the children of Israel to do? to ascribe greatness to God. Amen? He is going to tell them about God. He's going to, notice, publish the name of the Lord. He's going to pronounce it out. And Israel is supposed to live a life that ascribes greatness to the God Creator. That was what Israel was supposed to do. Verse 4. Why? Because He is a rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is He. Now let's stop here. If you want a wonderful passage that explains who God is and a, and a verse to memorize that would just sum it up in a nutshell, it's Deuteronomy 32 and verse 4. Amen? Look at what is ascribed to God, that Israel is to ascribe to God, that Moses is publishing to start everything off. He is the rock, capital R. Notice, He is the rock, the rock of our salvation. He is the rock upon which no man shall fall if the foundation is built upon it. God is the rock. His way is perfect. His way is perfect. This is very interesting, and it should be very convicting because quite often in the Christian life, we try to figure out things on our own. Well, who do I marry? What school do I go to? What job? What career should I have? What church should I attend? Where should my membership be? What should I do? Should I bring my children here? Should I teach them this? And oftentimes, we look for answers everywhere but God. The Bible tells us His way is perfect. His work is perfect. Now, we've, we're not going to take the time to break down that work because we could, amen, and we've looked at that before. The work that God has given, His work is perfect. All His ways are judgment. All His ways are judgment. What does that mean? They're right. They're judged. They're right. They're perfect. They're complete. They're the way that they should be. Notice, He is a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is He. Verse 5, They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of His children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not He thy Father that hath bought thee? Hath He not made thee and established thee? 
Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee when the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance. When he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his People, God's not concerned with the land. He wants His people. Amen? Jacob is the lot of His inheritance. Let's stop here. I want us to jump down now to verse 20. Say, so what does this have to do with faith? Chapter 32, Deuteronomy, verse 20. When the Lord saw... or Verse 20, and when He said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. In whom is no faith. And we're going to take a few moments here this morning and I want us to see something that's very interesting because here in Deuteronomy 32, we have the three steps, or rather two steps that come when rebelling against God and the outcome is no faith within their children. No faith within the children. Who are the children? He's talking about the children of God. He's talking about Israel. Look at verse 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Now who is Jeshurun? That is a poetic name attributed to Israel, to Jacob. It's another name for him. The word is only mentioned, the name is only mentioned four times in your King James Bible. Here in Deuteronomy 32.15, again in Deuteronomy 33 verses 5 and 26, and then in Isaiah 44, I believe in verse 2 or verse 12, uh, uh, verse 2 rather, we see the name Jeshurun and it's referencing Israel. Look back at verse... Well, let's, let's keep going. Wax fat, verse 15. Thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed who? The rock of his salvation. Now, I want us to see something here and the way that they went. Hey, I didn't know I had that for the screen. Amen. What a blessing. I was all right. I was ready and didn't even know it. All right. The screen went away. That's all right. Amen. There's Deuteronomy 32, verse 20. I will hide my face from them. I will see what therein shall be, for they are a very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. How did they get to this point? Remember, Moses in verse 4 says that Israel would ascribe greatness to God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. His ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is He. You see, they started off properly. Israel starts off in their journey through the promised land with a strong declaration. With a strong declaration. Verse 4 is our strong declaration of who God is. Moses says, I'm going to publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Now I want to pause here and I want to help you with something. This has nothing to do with the message, but it will help in your Bible reading and your Bible study this year. And maybe you already know this. might be something Brother Grant's already touched in Sunday school. I don't know. But a lot of people have, have caused problems, or at least said that the Bible causes them problems because of the ye's and the yeas and the these and the thous. Amen? Let me just give you a very, very easy way to understand. If it starts with a Y, it's plural. Ye, everyone. If it starts with a T, it's singular. 
And depending on the context, that T singular might be referencing to the O Israel or the Peter. Amen? And the same thing with the why. So if that, if that, I hope that's a help for you. You say, why'd you tell us that? Because I want you to understand this book. Amen? Because there are people, good people with good intentions, that think that because of the ye's and the these that we ought to just get a new version. Amen? And I've heard it said this way, and, and, and I'm not going to park here very long, but, but I don't, this is very important. The Word of God's important. Amen? Amen. Brother Don and Brother Royce are with me. The Word of God is important. Amen? The Bible is very clear about this book. And I've heard it this way. Well, why should we have to learn what ye and thee means? Why can't we just change it? Well, here's my question. Why do we have to water down the Word of God to bring it to our intellect? Shouldn't we increase our learning? Well, I can't understand that book. Then get a dictionary. Amen. I don't mean that to be rude. I'm just meaning that because we should stop trying to make life easy for ourselves just because we are mentally lazy. Amen. We need to understand that God wrote these words, God preserved these words perfectly so that we could know Him, so that we could understand Him. And it's important that we don't try to bring this book down to our level of mental thinking. We need to bring our mental thinking up to the level and standard of the Word of God. Amen and amen. I'm going to stop there. Well, if I don't get some affirmation, I'm going to keep going. Amen. That's what we need to do. Amen. I, I, I think we're all on the same page. So hopefully that will help. The T... If you see it's a thee or a thou, it's singular. If it's a ye or yea, it's plural. Hopefully that'll be a help for you. He is the rock. I will publish, verse 3, the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye, and what did we just learn? Who, what is that talking about? Is that singular or plural? Someone say it. It's plural. Ye, ascribe ye greatness to our God. You know that's our responsibility? That's our responsibility to ascribe greatness to God. What do we mean by that? Pointing people to Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. But so many times we go through life and we talk about God very little. Now, I'm on a little bit of a... I got out yesterday and the sun was shining. It was pretty. Amen? I was grateful for the sun to be shining. I get a little bit of that sad disease every once in a while. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? That seasonal affective disorder. I get that, especially in the winter. sun's not out. It's real cold. I want to go outside and break something or dig in mud or do something and I'm stuck inside all the time. Amen. I want to sit on the porch and drink coffee and read the Bible at 100 degrees. I don't care if it's 100 degrees outside. I'll drink coffee on the porch. Amen. Well, I, I got a fan on the porch now, Brother Royce. He said one day after church thing, his brother Matt and Brother Royce were looking out the window right after I'd installed that fan. He said, son, you got that thing going like a helicopter over there. So I know it. I said, when I walk by, I like it to just suck all the gnats off of me as I'm walking in the house. Amen. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, no, I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. Amen. I'm in a good mood because yesterday the sun was out and I was, I was going to sit inside all day and, and, and read and try and get caught up on school and the Lord gave us sunshine and so I washed the truck and the car and I, 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 I kind of, I told Hogan I washed his car. I just dumped dirty water on it. Just want to see if he'd notice. Amen. But, but I got outside. I feel good. Amen. So maybe that's what's affecting me right now. But I told our young people, I'm saying that to kind of forewarn you what I'm going to say is a little bit controversial. So bear with me.